gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hi everyone, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Kendra, and we're so excited to be chatting with Aaron Shelby Moore and Lilia Buckingham today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yay! <laughs> we're talking about everything from their work on Meet Cute's July series, A Pool for Love, to one of the greatest movie musicals, Mama Mia. Tune in after the interview for a full deep dive on the Greek summary escape. Welcome, Aaron and Lilia. How are you guys doing? We're so good. We're happy to be here finally after my 800 scheduling. <laughs> I'm oh so sorry. Life happens. Don't worry. completely understand. <laughs> Love you guys. You're amazing. You guys, we're just going to get right into it. We want to know about your friendship. I'm very yeah. curious. So you guys have been friends for a little bit. What is a quality or characteristic you really value in the other person? That's so cute. Lilia, I'm going to take this away because it's the most obvious answer in the world when it comes to Lilia, which is her selflessness. There is nobody who I am just certain that if I have this person in my life, I'm never going to worry about a thing. Like I am, I lived in her house for like six months because I didn't have a place down in LA yet. Like without her, I would have been homeless. There is nothing that I'm ever going to worry about with this woman in my life. She is so kind. She is willing to like empty her bank account just to make sure that you get lunch in you today. You are so fine when you have her. I love this woman. Love her. <laughs> I love you so much. My, I had a really quick answer too, but they're technically, they're like two, they're two words. Show me up. They go really hand in hand. No, I'm not. That actually just made me like. I'm not okay. Um, she's like the most loyal and empathetic person. Like the, like you said, like you won't have to worry about a thing. Like I know that if there's anyone I need to like understand me and to basically like stand in your corner as a protector and as a someone who wants genuinely wants the best for you. But it's also on top of that, like the most emotionally complex and understanding person. It's Ernie because there are things that I talk to Ernie about that I can't talk to like anyone else about just because I'm like her empathy is so, so deep. It's just such a deep well of it that it's like there are times that I just think that no one else gets me in the way that you do because you are so understanding and so in tune with your emotions and everyone else's emotions around you. You are she's also just so giving as a like such a caretaker. She's a type two like me, but type the, two. oh my God, oh, slight solidarity. Guys, we struggling out here, but you are the, like, she's the biggest caretaker I've ever met. That was so sweet. Are we talking to you? Would you say? Yeah. 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 Oh, wait. Okay. I didn't know what you guys were talking about. I'm a two wing. Oh, my God. I'm a two wing three. I'm a two wing one. TikTok hates two wing three. Seriously. My goodness. They're coming after us. Wait. I can't believe you're also a two wing three. What are you guys doing? I was super slow to that. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? I got it. I hope you guys also know this is just like a conversation Lily and I have on a daily basis. Always. Be like, I love you. You're the best person I know. Nobody gets me like you. No one, no one understands me like you do every day. It's like, I love you. We don't get tired of like love. I was just asking love bombing, but I feel like that's a negative connotation. It's love bombing, but truly the love. Yeah, I just love hearing best friends talk about each other because it's just like it fuels you, you know, like it's just like always the best conversation. And like you just hear like the sweetest words. I, and I love hearing best friend origin stories. So I need to know how you two became friends. This is a silly story. Actually. It was during quarantine. 
And we were all like in our, I feel like we were all in like our TikTok phase. It was when you couldn't like really see anyone. And I had seen one of Ernie's TikToks pop up on my For You page. And I was like, this girl seems really cool. So I ended up following her and we kind of just became friends immediately. We had a few mutual friends. Ernie, if you want to like add on to the story. You're, you're doing good. I'll, I'll okay, but the end. <laughs> after we started like kind of texting every day, we would like FaceTime and we were just like always talking. So we lived like five hours apart and we would just drive, like for the first time during quarantine, we would just like drive to each other and meet in the middle and sit outside like far apart. But we would both drive like two hours. Like two hours. The other person. And we would just like sit outside and chat for hours. And then she moved into my house. <laughs> like a few months later. <laughs> so sweet. Oh. The internet besties. Yeah. I think it's funny because we were just talking about TikTok right before we got you know, to recording this podcast. But yeah, and it was it was funny too, because the videos I was making at the time were like super cringy now, but it was when like the Harry Potter TikTok was a huge phase. And she would like see my Hermione videos, which is just full circle moment because it was, you know, my my own little love story, the cute things that I had going on on the internet. And that was how we connected, so. That's so cute and true. That is so sweet. I just, I feel like, okay. So my question is, if the people listening became your close friends, what could they expect from you two? Like walk us through a day in the life of what it looks like to be like best friends with you guys. Well, we uh, we, we like when, live together. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when we're in LA, we like live together. We normally wake up around pretty much the same time. I would say we both wake up with a decent amount of energy. Normally we'll oh, this is actually really cute. When Ernie lived with me and she would sleep in like her room in the back and I would sleep in my house. She would just come and like sit in the bed and we would kind of debrief whatever was going on. And we would have a little morning debrief. And then we would normally go and get coffee bean. Love coffee bean. Then we go home, we make a little, I'll make her some avocado toast. We sit by the pool. We also take pride in the fact that because we spend so much time together, we can parallel play. So I was gonna say, if you don't talk about parallel play, I can't do that. <laughs> what is that? There's this like child psychology terminology called parallel play. And it's when you put two children next to each other, but give them different activities to do. So they're like technically bonding and spending time with another person, but they're focusing on their own little task. So Lilia and I, when it gets to like 4 p.m., we're both exhausted. We need a little time to like just calm down, go inwards a little bit, but we don't want to stop spending time together. We'll just sit next to each other and go on our own TikToks for like an hour. It's amazing because, <laughs> and like every five minutes will be like, look at this one. Yes, that happens sometimes. But I, I'm also like really, I'm like a very sleepy girl. During, at like 3 p.m. I'll be like, or 4 p.m. I'll be like, really big day of us going and getting coffee and then sitting by the pool. I think I need to take a nap. And <laughs> sometimes Ernie just sit ne- sits next to me while I nap. And then I'll wake up and she'll be like, good morning. And, I, and then the nighttime normally we'll like go out to dinner or like make a dinner. We're, we're big on like doing things. Yeah, quality time. It's all that quality time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we know you're best friends in real life, but in a pool for love, you play love interests. Mm-hmm. So what was that like playing such a different dynamic in these roles? It was really funny. We actually like surprised ourselves with the like chemistry that we had. I think it's when you're so comfortable with a person, it's really easy. Like I've actually acted with people that I've been like actually dating before, and it's a lot harder. Is it? Yeah, I think it's because you when you're acting, it's you're like pulling from real emotions. But a lot of the time, but at least for me, you're like you're in a different body, like you're creating a new person. And I think sometimes it's hard to differentiate 
the two when you're actually dating the person, you know what I mean? So it like blends together. Does that make sense? Whereas I feel like for this is really fun for us because we're so comfortable and so like really compliment each other when we're doing really anything. That's like why our friendship really works. But Mm -hmm. there was no real like bleed in to like our personal lives. You know what I mean? Oh, that's like interesting. That's an interesting perspective that you have there. I I guess I would have thought it would have been maybe the opposite. Maybe for some people it is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, like, was there a moment, just like a, a light bulb, where you're like, this is my best friend. This is my best friend. This is a person that, like, I love spending time with. And what was that moment? I have one. And this shouldn't be the moment, but... I know I'm going to cry. It, it, it should have happened before this, considering the decision-making process that went behind this. But um, I'm a very, like, self-conscious person. And I always think that I put in way more than I'm getting back. Not that I ever thought Lilia didn't love me, but I'm like, I view this woman as my sister. She's my family. She's my blood. Whatever. And one day we were having a talk. We were both like, it's been a while since I've gotten a tattoo. I kind of want to get a new one. And then we were like... What if we got matching ones? So Lily and I have a matching heart tattoo right here on our chest. And it was right. Love. It was right after that, that I was like, she just permanently inked her body for the rest of her life. There's no way she doesn't love me as much as I love her. (laughs) That was, that was the moment where I was like, I fully understand what our bond is now. No, that's really sweet. I'm really trying to put one time onto when I realized how close we were. And I think I'm going to say it is when, oh, oh, I actually have a very distinct memory, Ernie. I feel like you're not going to fully understand this, but there was a time when I was being a little bit dramatic and I had just gotten my heart broken. Not really, but like kind of. And the only person I wanted to talk to at all I was like, no one else, no one else can speak to me. And then I would be like, hey, Ernie. (laughs) I was in college and I would just like spend like 45 minutes walking, just talking to Ernie because I was like, what if I spoke to no one else? And that's when I was like, this is, this is my universe. Like one of my universe people. And it was great. I was, I was going to say too, I think this was around the same time. If I think you're talking about the thing I'm thinking about, you flew home and surprised me for my 20th birthday. And I had no idea. And I like texted Lilia a week before and I was like, I know you're not going to be able to get away from college to come to my birthday, but I just like, I really want you here. So like, here's your formal invitation. But like, I know you're not going to be able to come. So like, don't stress about it. And then like, I think it was, it ended up being like two days after my birthday because it was the weekend after. But our mutual friend, Lauren was like, you need to come over to Lilia's house. She said she like sent us a package in the mail and it delivered there. So you need to come here and like open it with us. And she wants to see your reaction. So I went there and she was like, oh yeah, it's up in Lilia's room. It's like on her desk. Just so grab it. And I went up there and Lilia was there. I was like, no. Right. Oh. I ran into his arm. <laughs> it was really fun. But you come I nailed it. But I think that was around the same time that we started like talking on the phone more often because I was just supporting Lilia through that. I was also going through kind of my own heartbreak at the same time. So we kind of fell to each other at that point. I love this. I also have a matching tattoo with one of my best friends. So I totally oh. understand this. Oh my gosh, you guys are melting my heart. I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk more about A Pool for Love. What was it like working on this project that's audio versus like a TV film role? For me, I had just come from filming a feature. So it was so different. And it was really, you know, I, I feel like so much goes into both podcasts and actual on-screen acting but it was kind of nice not having to worry about anything other than like my delivery I felt like doing a podcast was very very really different in the sense that like I felt a lot more introspective 
Does that make sense? When I was like delivering my lines, like I didn't really have to worry about like how I looked or anything. It was just kind of the feeling and the raw emotion, which I feel like when you're on screen. Also, the feature that I was working on is a lot of, there's a lot of outward things that I have to worry about. Whereas this was just like, all right, inward, who is this character? How am I delivering these lines? What do I sound like? And that was cool to like go right from one to the other. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. Just like when you're recording it, just audio all the focus is just on like yeah saying it and feeling it versus like when you're on screen I'm sure you're so hyper aware of like what your body's doing too yes yeah 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 that it was just like relaxing kind of it was just really fun not that the feature wasn't also super fun just very like very different totally and Aaron you you also play the lead in A Pool for Love like how was that for you can you tell us a little bit more about your background in acting and like how this experience yeah. was for you playing the lead well first of all this was like one of my very first real lead roles which was a lot of fun for me and just super cool and especially because I got to share it with Lilia and like I look up to Lilia as an actor so much and to be able to not only bounce off of her and learn from her in that moment but you know to have a role of this caliber alongside her is just really cool but I grew up acting mostly on stage so a lot of my experience is like theater and this big theatrical style of acting and I've done a few like on camera or I do like self-tapes stuff like that Mm -hmm. all three of those experiences are just wildly different I would almost say though that the podcast was more like theater because on theater you have to be like super extravagant and overact almost because you have to have people on the back of the theater be able to see your facial expressions and your movements and all of that and transitioning to camera was hard because you have to learn to tone that back down because the camera's right here and you don't need to like do all of this but with the podcast when I was just reading the lines and not worrying about what my face or what my hands were doing I realized I was like acting like this a lot and like making really dumb faces and like really really diving into it and it was just fun to do that again oh that's so great love it thank goodness so without spoiling too much what's your favorite thing about each of your characters in a pool for love I mean when I first read the scripts I like fell in love with Marissa I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say but I I really really love the fact that she's very sure of who she is you know what I mean she knows who she is she's not really ashamed to be who she is and I really related to her in a lot of the ways of like I've always been very sure and I've never really been ashamed of who I love I think a lot of the times I've had a lot of experiences where I've kind of had to be the Marissa for people of being like it's okay like I'll wait for you to figure something out and take your time like I don't want to be like an experiment but I I will be there for you and I and I will help you because I just think she has a very like kind heart and really cares and really like loves deeply and selflessly And I like to say that that's how I existed for a little while, just when I had like kind of first come out. We're going to do just like a speed round. Okay, I want to know what rom-com and any do you guys wish you had started? Just give me a name. Just give me a time. Uh, I think I hate about you. (laughs) Iconic. Slay as cat. Oh my God, I would love to do that. That'd be so When I did, when I did theater growing up, I played Catherine and Taming Up the Shrew. So it's like. You have to, I want to go to play that. that. There you go. You already have the yeah. preparation for it. It's like, it's like fate. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Mine is Mamma Mia, without a doubt. But that's also because I played Sophie growing up. Uh, so you see, you see our route of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> we said we need to be prepped for the job. We were yeah, like, I've already done it. I can do it. Great. Yeah, no. Because also, like, I played that role and I was like, 
she's me. (laughs) And it has left like a lasting impression on my life. I'm pretty sure that movie is like half of my personality. Love it. Oh my you know, gosh. you know what's funny, Lily. So Mercedes and I both saw the trailer for Hocus Pocus too. We're so excited. <laughs> we cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. It looks so freaking good. <laughs> and I want to know, like, was this a movie that you watched growing up? And if so, what was it like going from watching the movie to now starring the sequel? I mean, Hocus feels very not real to me. Like, I don't think that this actually happened. I watch a lot of, okay, going kind of off on a tangent slightly just for one second. I really grew up in fandoms. Like, I, I really grew up, like, watching the YouTube interviews and, like, the video edits and whatever. Like, I really grew up as a fan for a lot of things that I, like, was into. I'm, I'm a very, like, I love to analyze media i know it sounds really dumb but i'm i'm a big i literally my friend and i right now i'd be like hey you gotta like leave me alone for 20 like 30 minutes i have to do something we're literally analyzing like who would play us in tv shows and what like like, music would play behind big moments and he's like i know who you're talking about (laughs) anyway so like kind of getting to be on the other end of that and like getting to be asked these questions about like what was it like for you i'm like oh my god like someone's gonna watch this as an interview and be like it's gonna be like me this is a weird way of describing this but it's like i feel like i've perceived so many things on the other side of it that now that i'm being like yeah you know focus focus anyway growing up i watched the movie i'm a big halloween girl so yes i of course knew what it was i was actually gonna stop acting when i was going to college last summer and this was one of my like kind of last auditions and it said Hocus Pocus 2. And I was like, well, I have to go out for this. I was like, guys, there's no way that I'm going to book this. Like, I've been auditioning for nine years. I've only booked, like, one or two things. I get so close. I never book it. Like, there's no way. Come to August, <laughs> weeks before I'm supposed to go to school, I get the call. They're like, hey, you're moving to Rhode Island. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, so, yes, going on set that first day was surreal. It's, it's, it was a, it's still a surreal experience. Even when I went to go do reshoots and I was working, there was a day when it was just me and Bet, and I was standing there just like talking to her. We were talking about this book or something. And I was like, hey, you're, you're talking to Bet Midler right now because I'm co-workers, <laughs> like your co-stars. And I kind of had to just sit there and be like, what? Like, what imagine. is my life? It's literally reshoots. I worked for four months, four or five, and then like some of our last days of shooting, literally a couple of weeks ago and I still was like this is fake none of this is real and then the trailer came out and I was like who is that <laughs> I literally like have a little binks over there like yeah, I wonder if you can see it I have a little black cat oh I see it yes anyway yeah I, I could talk about hocus for hours but it's been really it's really cool I'm very very grateful I, I can remember Right after Lilia booked it, we went to Disneyland together. And when it got to nighttime, we like went into the Emporium that's on Main Street. And there was like this whole Hocus Pocus set up. And that's where she went and bought the little Binks cat. And we were like chatting with the cashier. And the cashier was like, oh, my God, I love Hocus Pocus. Lilia was like, yeah, I heard that they're shooting a sequel. It's so crazy. <laughs> and, and the cashier was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, didn't they? I feel like I heard that they just wrapped it. And Lilia was like, no, I think they're starting filming this fall <laughs> but i'm not sure but i don't know and i could be very wrong about that no i'm I, i'm a horrible liar i'm not kidding they don't really tell us a lot about like anything like literally we didn't see the trailer until everyone else saw it yesterday like oh we don't God. oh yeah no i don't know a thing <laughs> oh wow 
Like I found out when the movie was coming out through Entertainment Weekly. I was like, cool, <laughs> September 30th. Yeah, I'm real. Like it's I shouldn't know anything because I will accidentally like spoil it. I, I will. All it. I have heard. I was doing an interview for D23 the other day. And I was like, I'm really nervous. Like, what if I say something? And he was like, by the end of the interview, the interviewer was like, nah, like, don't worry. You're not the Tom Holland of Hocus Pocus. And I was like, don't say that yet because I might be. Anyway. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I feel like I've asked so many questions. Mercedes, I'll throw it over to you. Yes. I want to talk a little bit more about rom-coms. So I really want to know who's your favorite rom-com heartthrob out of all the rom-com people out there? That's a fantastic question. Rom-com heartthrob. Rob, man, I'm gonna have to like look through my letterbox to get an actor for you. I have like a list on letterbox of my favorite rom com. Just for inspo for you guys, my favorite rom com heartthrob is Justin Long. Oh, Lucy says, hear me talk about him all the time. I love Justin Long. <laughs> I feel like this is kind of a deep cut, but. I love James Marsden. We yeah. love this. Is James we, and he might be my favorite. He like 27 dresses, James Marsden. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal. Enchanted. That man. Oh my God. We need him. Oh! We need him in more. Yeah. Where is yeah. he? <laughs> Where is he? I swear. He was in. He was in the show. Um, Dead to Me. Is that what that show was called? That came out on Netflix a couple of years ago. I watched the oh, first Oh, I episode. remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, Great that? show. With Christina Applegate and yeah. Linda oh, Cardellini. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Linda Cardellini. I don't know if she's in any rom-coms, but love her. She's no. great. I'm not a big girl who's into guys in rom-com. <laughs> Do you have a favorite rom-com queen? Just like your favorite person. You'll watch any of their rom-coms or any of their movies. I feel like I should be able to say this for you. Hold on. <laughs> Shailene Woodley. I, I loved all of her stuff and I like watch everything she did religiously, even The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh, same. Love it. Iconic. <laughs> uh, rom-com guy, Jason Sudeikis. So good. Interesting. What's the sleeping one? Sleeping with sleeping other people. Sure it is so unique. good. <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't really say that's my answer, but I have a lot of friends who are really into Jason. So I'm going to go with him. All right. He's a hot dad. You know, obviously, you guys, we we want to talk about Mama Mia. I would love to know why you guys love it so much. And also, too, do you have a favorite line from the movie? Um, or a favorite I, song, if you can't think of a line. Yeah, favorite song. Oh, I can. I have too many favorite songs. I love Mama Mia. It's been, like, one of my favorite movies since I was little because my mom and I grew up watching it together. And it's also just one of, like, the very rare movies where even there's there's technically conflict in it. It's just like pure happiness. I'm never stressed when I'm watching it. There's no parts I have to skip through. It's just pure like you watch it and you want to be there and you want to live it. And you're like, I don't care if I go through every single conflict that's in this movie because they're so just livable because you're on an island in Greece and having a beautiful wedding and you have a hot fiance and you have this amazing mother and like it's perfect. It's perfect. Your mother's Meryl Streep. How bad can life be? Um, <laughs> my favorite song from the movie is either Honey Honey or Name of the Game, which is kind of a deep cut because it's not in the movie, but it's on the soundtrack. I know, but it's fantastic. Fantastic song. I don't think I can add on to You're so right. Like, that's <laughs> literally why I like Mamma Mia too. It's just happy vibes. I love happy vibes. Yeah. I get very anxious happy watching movies. So there's a lot <laughs> of, I hate conflict. So I'm like, if there's a conflict. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? Um, <laughs> but my favorite songs, the top three, I can't really choose. 
honey, honey, I've been told, I was in the car the other day with my friend Lily and she was like, you know, guys, like the instrumental part of Honey, Honey. She was like, if there was background music of you walking into a room, it would be this. It was so cute. She was like, this is how I perceive you. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> guys. But I'm like, whenever I'm at a party, I'm like there being like, right, get me, get me, get me, right. Now. I'm like, I don't care who you are. Literally, I was in Florida the other day with people I did not know. And I like walk up to their boat where their speaker is. And I'm like, put on, gimme, gimme, gimme. They're like, who are you? I was like, doesn't matter. And then lay all your love on me is like. Oh, good one. I was oh, in Mexico yeah. with actually Ernie and my two other best friends. And I was taking pictures with one of them. And she was like, get on the floor and do like lay all your love on me. And I was like, shut up. And she was like, I just know that like you want to like live out that dream one day. I was like, God, I love you. You're right. We all do. Guys, we do a segment called Couples Therapy where we like to give advice to the couples in the movie on how they can improve their relationship. So I'm curious for you, Erin Lilia, what advice would you give to Sophie and Skye? And what advice would you give to Donna and Sam? I'm horrible. Oh, gosh, that's a good one. I would be like, Sophie and Skye, just communicate. I would like, say. Their only issue is that Sophie didn't tell him that she invited her three dads and then they almost called off the wedding because of it. I'm like, that's who you're marrying. Just be like, hey, it's really important for me to have my dad here. I'm not sure who he is. I'm thinking about doing this. Ernie and I were telling each other and and being like, this is the easiest advice ever. Just like communicate and like ask what you want. (laughs) Mind you, Ernie and I are like, (laughs) talk about her feeling. Oh, no. And I have been going back and forth for ever god like but you god. Just, like it'll be so much easier just communicate and mind you we're like, like everything would be solved if you just knew instead of guessed but no already yeah, said let's no. play the guessing game shall we <laughs> anyway um, but for donna and sam i feel like it's too late for them i'd be like don't get married yet what are you doing interesting you think it's like late you, for them well they already got married so i can't tell them anymore not to get married <laughs> I but like you it's... just rebound each other she just After sent Winter years. Takes It All to him. You're going to sing Winter Takes It All to him and then marry him an hour later? Time works differently in Greece. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Proven. <laughs> it's true. Oh, You're right. Lilia, do you have different advice? No. It's the same. <laughs> I was going to be like, maybe just chat it out. Yeah, maybe like go on a trip together. Like maybe like spend a week living together. See if you like really want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like I want to be like, don't move too fast. Yeah. But then I feel like a hypocrite. Your advice sounds very similar to like Mercedes and I. Like we always kind of do like a deep dive into their relationship. We're like, okay, well, mm-hmm. this is where this is why you're behaving this way. This is what you need to work on. This is why you need to see it. I love yes. my favorite thing to do ever is just psychoanalyze other people. <laughs> Their childhood made them act like this in the relationship because mm-hmm. people are like, shut up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Donna, are you just scared of losing your daughter? So you need another companion. And that's why you immediately married yeah. Sam? Yeah. Like, maybe we'll work on that first. Let's discuss. And then we can marry Sam. We just, I mean, I personally think Sophie and Sky are way too young to be getting. Oh my God. I, oh, I forgot 20. they're 20. Yeah. That's, that's literally, that's literally my letterbox review. Not to bring up letterbox again, but is this movie is a horror movie. I, Sophie getting married at 20. Cause I'm 20. My mom got married when she was 20. And actually like a week ago, I was the exact age. To we were together. Mom was. And yeah, I was the exact age to the day that my mom was when she got married to my dad. And they're still together. Their 30th anniversary is this year. But I'm like, 
oh my God. Cause I grew up telling my mom, I'm going to get married at 20. Like you did. And she was like, no, that's hell you're not. <laughs> you are not going to get married at 20. Good mom. Good mom. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I agree way too young, but they, they did resolve that on their own at the end. So proud of them, proud of them for that. Sophie did call off the wedding. Cause she was like, we need to like travel the world a little bit first. We thank need to goodness. just, yeah. Thank goodness. Lily, last minute thoughts. I don't think I could like, I have a Pisces Venus. So like, I love to like fantasize about my relationships. So every relationship I've been in, I'm like, this is what we would look like in the future. So I can't even get mad at Sophie because she's definitely <laughs> Pisces Venus. Like she's Gosh, just, I see that. Pisces Venus. That I girl is that. a Pisces Venus. I mean, she's, she's literally surrounded by water. She's fully yeah. Pisces in my head. Like her whole yeah, the blonde wavy Pisces. hair, the blue eyes. That's, that's a Libra like, rising though. That's a Libra oh, rising. Beautiful. The eyes. Yes. Her whole face is Libra. And I also think she might have a Leo moon. Ooh. We've done this before. We did this like really heavy. We rewatched the High School Musical trilogy and thought of like, <laughs> all of the main characters. I love that. It's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> we love doing this. We're like, what is their birth chart? We're I girl. Fun. Wait, I'm not even so kidding. Fun. Hold on. Stay there. This is like our therapy that you guys do for the characters. We go through and we're like, what's their astrology? Yeah. How do they, how do they live? For language. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I just started reading this book. Me and my friend have a book club, but we would, we annotate in the book. But in the front of the book, we do all the characters like astrological charts. Started reading this yesterday. Yeah. Here all there. Love it. My handwriting is really bad. I get told every day. Such a good idea. I'm gonna start doing that too. It's really fun. Like I'll have to put like a question mark though, unless they're like a confirmed Capricorn, then I'll be like confirmed cap. Like it's so funny. Oh Oh, my goodness. It's like not normal. This conversation. This conversation's been so much fun. You guys are awesome. Come on anytime. Love too. Yes. Love to you guys are all covered. Yes. Share your socials or anything you want to share with our listeners before we go. I mean, not that I'm one to like self-plug, but my Instagram is just Aaron Shelby Moore. Lilia's is even easier. Just Lilia. But yeah, and we'll be posting a lot about the upcoming podcast on there and on my Twitter as well, which is same and Shelby Moore. So yeah, go see just to keep up with the podcast, see when the new episodes come out because it'll be really fun. I'm pretty sure my Twitter is Buckingham Lilia. The only thing that I know is that my Instagram is Lilia, but I think it's Buckingham Lilia. And if you see someone t- retweeting a lot of Taylor Swift lyrics, like lyric bot tweets, then that's me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have I have her tweet notifications on and I would text her every time she would retweet a new like Taylor Swift lyric that was really on the nose for what I knew she was going through. And I'd be like, Lilia, we doing OK? No, it's you're actually just, so funny. It's just, like, you just retweeted a, an Illicit Affairs lyric. Like, yeah, we're no, not doing Illicit Affairs. Stop. No, I hope <laughs> from now on you're just like retweeting like Invisible String or like any yeah. like like lover song. Yeah. But yes, the early very lovers wouldn't that be nice (laughs) (laughs) guys we loved having you hang out with us in the rom-com room please come back anytime thank you thank you for having us this This is so fun i've had such a good time yes this is so fun hey guys i'm kendra hi i'm mercedes and this week we're talking about a wonderful greek musical mamma mia Mama Mia. But of course, Mercedes, we have to kick it off with our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week, girl? Oh my gosh. So mine is kind of random. I'm crushing on this comedian slash YouTuber, Noel Miller. Mm. He, has, he has a podcast. He's mainly known for his podcast, Tiny Meat Gang. 
and his YouTube channel. And I don't know. I was just like listening to the pod before bed. And he has one of those voices that like he could do audio for the Calm app, like a bedtime story. And I'd be like so down. And you might like see him and you're like, okay. But then you hear his voice and you're like, I get it. Okay. I have a question for you because I actually just saw a TikTok about this. This guy was saying it was a it was a prompt. He's like, ladies, is it true that women are actually attracted to a guy because of their voice? And I went crazy. (laughs) So I'm curious for you, who was that one person that you just want them to hold you and read you a story because their voice is just so amazing? Who's that? Who's that person that you just love the sound of their voice? Oh, my God. I don't even know if I could like pinpoint specific voices, but I think like his is definitely up there. High on my list because he just has like a very just like deep, like just great voice. I don't know. Do you have somebody in mind? Oh, yeah, I have multiple people. Um, (laughs) Tell me, tell me. When I think about voice, I mean, like I like I said, I want you to just read me a story. I want you to be constantly talking to me. Henning Mai, the lead singer of Anime Contrary, who I've talked about on this podcast before. His voice, I just want it in my ear all the time. And then the next one is Killian Murphy. But like Killian Murphy, yeah, as himself, but specifically as Thomas Shelby from Peaky Blinders, because (laughs) his Birmingham accent, the way that he just like, he like talks like this, like a little bit. And I'm just like, I love it. I love it. And the new season just came out. Love it. I don't have the call map, but I heard that he did a story on it. So what I did, and I hope I don't get arrested for this, I went on the call map. I recorded his episode. I listened to it all the time on my phone. Most people, what they do is they'll make a download of it and put it to Spotify. Because I did that with Harry Styles' bedtime story. Sorry, call map. But I have yeah. a whole different link that I use for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Voices, voices, voices. Um, okay, so funny. Speaking of Killian Murphy, my celebrity crush of the week should be him, but it's not. It's actually Sam Neill, and it's because he has taken up my entire week. First of all, Sam Neill is 74 years old. Let me just... <laughs> Wait, what? Sam Neill is 74. He has taken up my entire week. So the last season of Peaky Blinders came out, and I was watching all of the past episodes to catch up, and he was in the first two seasons. And then I went to go see Jurassic World with my brother, and it's been 30 years since the first Jurassic Park. And that man has aged very well. I'm just saying. He's like a white stallion. And I'm over here like, hey, Sam. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> 70s. 70s. I know. Is that your oldest crush? I think that has been my oldest crush. Well, hmm. yes, that yeah. has been my oldest crush. I think so. Yeah, Sam Neill, congratulations. You hold the record. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to move over to the TLDR. We just like to recap the movie for anyone who has not seen it. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Mama Mama Mia, (laughs) it's currently streaming. Mama. It's so good. (laughs) You can stream it on Peacock is what I was going to (laughs) say. So. I'm curious, what would you do if you're 20 years old, you're about to get married, and the only thing you want is for your father to walk you down the aisle? This is what Sophie, played by Amanda Seyfried, asks herself as she prepares for her big day. The thing is, Sophie has absolutely no idea who her father is. She was born in Greece to a single mother, Donna, played by Meryl Streep. Upon finding her mother's diary around the time she was born, Sophie decides to send a letter inviting three potential men that could be her father, and guess what? They literally all show up right to the island, and it's just so funny. It's just as Sophie planned. But let me reiterate that that's exactly what Sophie planned, and Donna has absolutely no idea and no knowledge of it. Throughout the film, we get to know Sam, played by Pierce Brosnan, Bill, played by Stellan Skarsgård, and Harry, played by Colin Firth, 
and a little about their love stories with Donna. When Donna finds out all three men are on the island, she naturally freaks out, but her two best friends are right there supporting her. Somehow, Sophie manages to have all three men offer to walk her down the aisle. Mm -hmm. This upsets her fiancé when he believes the whole reason for the wedding was so Sophie could meet her father, and she didn't even bother telling him. The day of the wedding, though, is just a total fiasco. Donna reveals she still has no idea who Sophie's father is, which is okay because all three men decide that they want to be a part of Sophie's life, which is was so sweet. Sophie and her fiancé end up not getting married, but why waste a good wedding? Sam professes his 20-year love for Donna, and they end up getting married, and everyone pretty much lives happily ever after. Oh, and did I mention this entire film is set to songs by the popular Swedish group ABBA? Yes! <laughs> yes! So this is a 2008 film written by Katherine Johnson, who also wrote Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which is the sequel to this, mm -hmm. as directed by Philida Lloyd, who also directed The Iron Lady, also starring Meryl Streep. <laughs> I know, I know. I like when directors and actors collaborate a lot because it means that they have a good working relationship. Yes. <laughs> oh, I do. I like that, too. I like it. I like it. What are some fun facts you got for me, Mercedes? Okay, so did you know... This is one of the highest grossing films directed by a woman and, more specifically, one of the highest grossing films directed by a gay woman. Really? Yes. And in and by 2018, I think, it was the number two highest grossing movie musical. But then all of the like new Disney releases, live action, <laughs> kind of like moved that a little bit. But isn't that mm -hmm. insane? For, for 10 years, it was I number know. two. You know, so funny. I read this fact that this movie became the highest grossing, grossing movie in December of 2008 in the UK ahead of Titanic and Avatar. But Avatar hadn't come out for us anyways yet yeah. at that point. This movie made more money than Titanic. Everyone saw Titanic. I saw Titanic in theaters. <laughs> I was like five or six. <laughs> and I saw it. Everyone saw Titanic. And I still hadn't seen this movie. So it was very, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. It's pretty surprising for a movie musical mm -hmm. that like it just made so much money. Exactly. Apparently, did you hear that all the actors, there was like a little behind the scenes with like the DVD, I guess. And this went viral on TikTok last summer that all the actors were actually drunk while filming. One of the producers talked about it. And what? he said the whole cast would drink ouzo, this Greek liquor, throughout the day of filming. And that's why they were just, like, so free and just dancing around, laughing the whole time. So That makes sense, honestly, Mercedes, because I watched this and I'm like, no one has a care in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no this movie has any care in the world whatsoever. <laughs> and I think it's so funny, too, because Pierce Brosnan, when he signed on, he had no idea what the movie's what the movie was about. The producer oh told him God. that it took place in Greece and it was starring Meryl Streep. And he was like, I will literally act in anything starring Meryl Streep because he had such a big crush on her, especially like drama school. Is that so funny? <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. And he like truly cannot carry a tune, but it just oh. made it so much funnier, <laughs> you know? And it's just, yeah, the cast had all, performed all their own singing, all of them. Yeah. Even Colin Firth. And I was like, okay, Colin, I'll see you. Oh, my God. I, my heart belongs to Colin Firth. It does. It does. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to move over to Time Capsule. We just like to recap where we were when we watched this film, which, thank goodness, Mercedes, I actually remember where it was because I just watched this movie for the first time this past Monday. What is wrong with me? Oh, my goodness. And you love musicals. I love musicals. This has, But the thing is, the second this movie came out, I added it to my watch list. I have had 
this very extensive watch list I've kept on IMDb since I was probably 14 years old. Oh and I remember because my username is still Film Starlet, and that was like, I started using that at like 14. Aww. I know. It has almost 800 movies in it. I love and that. And so the second this movie came out, I added it to my watch list. It's been, what, 14 years since it came out? Have not. It's crazy. So I, I watched it this past Monday, and I just... I felt bad because you were absolutely right. I love musicals and I loved it. And I just, and I will learn all the songs. and I will learn all the dances and I will play it on repeat. So that's where I was. Well, where were you? I was in middle school the first time I saw it. I definitely mm-hmm. did see it in theaters. I think I waited till it was on TV, but I was mm-hmm. 12 when it came out. And I just remember loving it. I'll watch it anytime it's on TV. I'll watch it like anytime. I like just need like a feel good movie. Mm-hmm. And like, I love singing. My friends and I love to finale our karaoke sessions with ABBA. So I like love watching Mamma Mia and the second one too, even though it's kind of doesn't make any sense, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen the second one. I mean, I just watched the first one. So I'm at it. It's amazing. I'm working my way up the franchise. But I'm curious, what else were you doing that year in 2008? So this was the summer after sixth grade, and I was just awkward and 12. I can remember exactly who I had a crush on, and it was the same boy I had a cr- I told a story about listening to Teardrops on My Guitar in our 27 Dresses episode, just like yeah. listening to it so many times. Anytime I listen to that, I think of my 12-year-old little crush. It was one of those where he was like a sweet boy in sixth grade, and then in seventh grade, you're like, you're mean now. Like, what happened? Why are you so annoying and rude? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Mercedes. It's crazy that you said that because in 2008, I had a crush on a guy named Taylor Turner, and I remember I would listen to Taylor Swift's I'd Lie all the time because you know that part where she's oh, like he never told me he could play guitar i think he yes through everything with my heart first thought when i wake up is my god first thought when i wake up is oh my god he's beautiful pray for a mirror like that was his anthem every time i saw him that song would play in my head so that's really funny that you also had a taylor swift crush song but he drove- loved that song that's a deep cut it's a deep cut <laughs> he drove a gray truck and we'd hang out in the halls all the time and he was so nice to me I remember Mercedes, i did not have the best time in high school kids were just very mean to me and especially guys so the fact that like taylor was really nice to me and we'd walk to class together and stuff like that it was a huge deal for me, and I just really appreciate him for that. We lost touch, and I'm pretty sure he's not straight now. And that makes sense because I am literally only attracted to gay men. And I think it's because they're nice to me and they ask me questions about myself. <laughs> yeah. So, kind, non-threatening. Kind, non-threatening. They'll be your friend. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys, it's time for the Robcom Hall of Fame. But of course, Mercedes, we got to roast this movie. Tell me, what do you feel like doesn't age well? So this movie, I only have like one major roast because it is just so lighthearted and it's so mm-hmm. self-aware of itself, you know, like it's just like for fun. Yeah. But my main thing is I just think the whole idea of wanting to get married at 20, even if it's like a plot to, or like some type of ploy to like try to figure out who your father is. It's pretty absurd to me. I'm glad Sophie decides to just travel and be in love and take her time a bit more because 20 is just so young. 20 is very, very young. I was trying to decide if this is like PC to say because I'm not trying to shame anyone, but I do find it like the whole storyline of not knowing who the father of your child is. I don't know. It's just pretty cringe to me. But also, too, you know, she Donna has that line where she talks about how her mother was like, if you're pregnant, don't bother coming home. Like yeah. not letting your kid come home because they're pregnant is even more cringe than mm-hmm. that. And I also Definitely. feel like just as someone who travels a lot, I was watching this movie. I was like, no one in this movie is actually Greek. 
No. <laughs> it's like Greece is just like a place has absolutely nothing to do with the story. Even the songs are by a Swedish group. Like they like, act as if like Donna like discovered the island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Donna's the Christopher Columbus of this island in Greece. Um. <laughs> and it's like Sophie was born and raised in Greece. So why doesn't she have a Greek accent? Who is yeah. she? <laughs> yeah, it makes zero sense. It makes- accents in this movie all over the place. All over the place. Like where's everyone from? Oh my gosh. Tell me what is <laughs> sorry, I can't stop laughing. I was like, what is this? Oh, okay, get it together, Kendra. <laughs> Tell me what your favorite quote was. My favorite quote is I don't care if you slept with hundreds of men. You're my mom. And I love you so much. Because it's just it's so funny. And the reaction from the priest and just like everyone there is just like, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God, no. I love. You don't need a father. You have a family. And you'll never leave me, right? Are you kidding? You have turned my world upside down. I just love that song that her and Sky sing because they're so yes. cute. Very cute couple. So gotta ask you, Mercedes, if this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, would you swipe left or would you swipe right? I'm swiping right 100%. This movie is just for joy and fun. And it makes me want to run away to Greece and wear overalls. It's the yes. only movie that convinces me overalls are good. <laughs> and <laughs> I just love how like self-aware this movie is. And like it's mm-hmm. over the top and it's kind of nonsense and it's cheesy but it's just really ultimately about like the emotional lives of a mother and daughter and above all else it's a mother and daughter story and it's made such an impact on pop culture like think of all the trends on tiktok you hear these audios you hear like these versions of the abba songs yeah and i just like love the range of relationships here we get to see the mother and daughter dynamics we get to see these women with these awesome lifelong friendships and we get Mm -hmm. to see new love and we also see lost love come back and be found again and it just celebrates these really imperfect women and shows love coming into your life at different ages. And it doesn't create any taboo or shame around that because there's love for everyone. And I just love seeing these actors have fun. Like, you can really see it, you know? Like, they're really having a blast. And, I mean, Meryl is just the perfect Donna. I want to be here for Halloween one year. That's so funny. Mercedes, <laughs> I think you are one of the most insightful people I've ever met. Oh you my just God. <laughs> point out things that like I feel like no one else notices or no one sees, especially me anyways. Like even just talking about how this movie shows so many different dynamics of relationships. Like that's so insightful. You're so smart, Mercedes. Thank you. That's so sweet. Thanks for being my co-host, girl. <laughs> I just have to say, I could never swipe left on a musical. It would hurt my heart just way too much. It would kill my soul. We also don't have like a ton of international rom-coms that we've done. And so I love that the setting of this movie is in Greece. Everyone is so carefree. It doesn't seem to actually have a worry about life. And that honestly sounds so nice right now because I feel like I have a lot of worries about life. And I want to drink that Greek liquor and just dance around and jump on a bed and yes. feather boas. Like, come on now. <laughs> Pass the ouzo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to move over to couples therapy. Mercedes and I just like to give advice for the couples on how they can improve their relationship because we are professionals. If you did not know that, we are professional relationship therapists. Exactly. (laughs) I hope Donna stops trying to run from her problems, hide them, or even sweep them under the rug. Especially being married, she's going to have to learn how to communicate properly in order for it to work. And I know, probably better than anyone, When you have been alone in life for so long, it can be really difficult to learn how to share your life with someone. 
but it is also such a beautiful thing if you're open, if you open yourself in that way and you're vulnerable in that way to like walk through life with someone like that's my biggest desire right now. And I just see it as such a beautiful thing. So I want that for Donna. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, my advice for Donna is similar. I'd say to just remember that you can be an independent woman and also want romance. Yeah. I love that this movie really celebrates her independence and also celebrates her accepting romantic love into her life again. Because, Absolutely. I mean, you can you can have it all. Yes, but also, too, Mercedes, you can be independent and ask for help. Those yeah. two are not at war with each other. Like, you mm-hmm. can be an independent person and still need help. Right. That's the message I try to convey on my TikTok. When I talk about being a late bloomer, I've had this thought recently that like I don't necessarily take it as a compliment when people say that, you know, I'm strong and independent because it feels like it's just very dismissive of my basic needs. When I'm like, hey, I would like love. Oh, what do you need love for? You're strong and independent. Well, I need help. What do you need help for? You're strong and independent. Well, the two can exist at the same time, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And strength doesn't ever have to be like a constant. You're like, I can be strong and I'm also very soft. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because it's hard to be just like on it all the time. It gets really Mm -hmm. exhausting. So totally. Yeah. Just want to normalize that, guys. You can be strong and independent and also desire help. And for Sophie, honestly, I'm over here like, girl, go freaking travel. Go travel the world. Go to places you've never even thought you would go. Go to countries you've never heard of. Go on adventures. Explore. Find yourself. Do all of that. It is so fun. (laughs) Yeah, I have the same exact advice for Sophie. I just say, get off that small island and really just like learn more about the world. And through that, you'll learn way more about yourself and just have so much fun because you're 20. Yep. Exactly. This is my year of travel. By the end of the year, I will have spent 10 of the 12 months traveling to a different country. I love and- that. <laughs> I love I want- it. I want that for Sophie. I want that for Sophie so bad. Yes. <laughs> what do you think their love language is? Okay, so this was kind of hard for me. So I kind of made a love language just for the whole movie. And I'm going to say that it's words of affirmation because it's a musical. Yeah. So they're singing their feelings. Mm-hmm. And it all started with Sophie finding her mom's journal mm-hmm. and then sending invites to potential dads. So all of these are different forms of words and just different communication styles in yeah. word form. Okay, no, that works. That works. I feel like this was hard for me, too, because sometimes you can't tell in musicals, right? Especially like a musical like this where there are iconic songs and the lyrics are very specific. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say Donna's love language is physical touch for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I can also see her really needing acts of service. And like I said before, she talks about how hard it is to run the hotel by herself and do everything on her own. And I just feel like she could really use acts of service. And then for Sophie, I feel like she gives quality time and she likes to spend one-on-one time with each of her potential dads, which I think is really cool. I think she needs that back too, especially since she has been lacking a father figure her whole life. Like she could really use quality time back. So that's my two cents. That's really, (laughs) no, that's super insightful because I didn't even think about the impact of hanging out with her dads, like on the scene on the boat where it's just like a montage of her spending time with them. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, it's really nice. I think it's really nice. But of course we got to ask, okay, so we have Donna and Sam, right? And then we have Sophie and Skye. Do you think either of these couples last in five years? Well, there is a sequel. And without spoiling anything, I'm going to say yes. Even though the sequel has a ton of plot holes and the timeline doesn't really make sense. I'm going to say they last because, you know, Aphrodite's fountain, they were all dancing in it. Like that love waters on them. Ooh, okay. So I have not seen the sequel. 
Uh, like I said, working my way up through the franchise. But I would say for Donna and Sam, I'll say yes. And then for Sophie and Skye, ooh, I don't think so. I just... They're so I, young. They're so young, but also he talks about giving up so much of his life for Sophie. And it was clear that he was holding resentment towards her just by the way that it came out, right? Yeah. And I feel like they need to learn how to communicate so resentment doesn't build up. But they're also just, yeah, so young. I mean, anything can happen, really. So mm-hmm. I'm not not holding my breath, but... <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Okay, guys, it's time for Heartthrob. We just want to talk about who we would bring home to our friends and our family. And I have to say, said is, we were talking at the top of this about Colin Firth, and I want to say too much because I freaking love that man. So Harry would be my heartthrob. He's who I would take to meet my friends and get their approval. And I think it's too, like I said, I'm only attracted to gay men. So <laughs> uh, apparently Colin Firth is uh, currently single. Oh so. my gosh. I know. Well, he was it married for like, something in me. Wow. <laughs> I know. He was married for a really long time. He was married for like 22 years or something like that, and they separated. Oh, whoa. I know. It makes me really sad, but also like, hey, Colin, slide my DMs. <laughs> True. Oh my god, I completely agree. Harry is my favorite. Colin Firth is the perfect man. And (laughs) even though like his role so small and like really silly, you can just tell he's like loving it. Like uh, even in the credit (laughs) dancing. Oh my god, seeing him in that like jumpsuit dancing around, I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, this this man understands. Love it. (laughs) We are going to play Mary Smooch Ghost. You have to tell me who you'd marry, who you'd smooch, and who would you ghost. We have the three dads, Sam, Harry, and Bill. In honor of Donna, I can't ghost anybody. Mm. Or else, in another way, I have to ghost everybody. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. I smooch everyone, I ghost everyone in the name of Donna. But I think I would marry Harry, mm-hmm. even though he's gay. But mm-hmm. Colin Firth. <laughs> and then I would smooch Sam, and then I'd probably ghost Bill. You know See, what I mean? I, I do know what you mean, but I feel like this depends on what world we're in, right? So It's very hard, yeah. It's very hard. So if we are in this musical world where we're constantly singing to each other, I'm going to marry Harry, I'm going to smooch Sam, and I'm going to ghost Bill. And that's because, like, Sam, his voice is just, it's not the one or the two. <laughs> but if we're in regular life, <laughs> we're in regular life, I think I'd, I think I'd marry Sam and smooch Harry and... and Still goes, Bill. Love still in Skarsgård, but I'm uh, so much more attracted to his son, and that just won't work. That just won't. Me and Alexander are like this. <laughs> I feel like the Skarsgårds are everywhere. Like, they're always in everything. In everything. Yeah. I can't pull up a movie trailer and not see one of them in it, which is, I mean, good for them, <laughs> but also, hello, family. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, guys, we like to bring in a pop culture moment before we wrap it up. I think the thing that I found. OK, so have you seen the dropout on Hulu? Um, I've I started it. I haven't finished it. OK, yeah. Just confirming. Amanda Cypher is playing Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. Yes. Did you insane. see? The, did you see the inventor on HBO Max? I've seen that documentary twice. Ew. It's about Elizabeth Holmes. It's yeah. so good. Anyone who has not seen it, go see it. Amanda Seyfried is playing Elizabeth Holmes, who was the creator of um the I blood. Know. Yeah, she, she basically creates this machine that, like, if you give a blood sample, it can detect disease and stuff like that. It turns out there Thank you, thank yeah. you to our producer Lucy. Uh, <laughs> she basically creates this machine where, like, if you give a blood sample, it can detect all these different diseases that you could potentially have, and then. Turns out it was all a fraud and none of them worked and all of this stuff. Anyways, that is my, that is the next on my watch list dropout on Hulu. Her voice, the way she does Elizabeth Holmes' voice is gnarly. Yeah, yeah she does have a very specific voice. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> so my pop culture moments are really just urging everyone to watch this musical. And please, I really have to reiterate, 
ignore the plot holes and just dance and have fun. Because if you really try to line it up, you're going to be like, none of this makes any sense. (laughs) And then I also have a couple questions for you. Yes. Ask me away. Ask away. So my first question is, what is your favorite song in Mamma Mia? Oh, wow. Okay. I will say the one that I felt like dancing to the most was the very first one that Sophie is singing with her friends when she's reading her diary yeah. which she's reading Donna's diary I did not get the name of like any of these songs by the way I just thought that one was the most fun what was your favorite song though my favorite song is Super Trooper but my favorite ABBA song is on Dante and Dante which one was but that? Yeah, Super Trooper it's like Super Trooper that's it gonna find you uh, I think they sing it um she sings it to her like at the bachelorette party got it okay got it if you yeah. tell me the scene, I'm like, okay, I can't remember this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then if you were going to make your own jukebox musical, what artist would you choose? Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Any artist. Any artist. You have to use like their whole library of songs. Oh, wow. Beyonce, 110. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Beyonce, 110. Okay, it was either that or Alicia Keys, right? Oh, I love both of these so much. Depends See, on my mood. <laughs> I've had a dream for years since I was like 20 mm-hmm. to make a jukebox musical with Mariah Carey's songs. Oh. Like, it, and I like, I love Mariah Carey. Yeah. Truly, like, I love her so much. <laughs> I'm like looking at her biography on my, her memoir on my bookshelf right now for me. And I'm like, oh. And uh, yeah, I've just always dreamed of making a whole musical of her music. Yeah. There was a, there is a meme coming out of Jay Z was at a basketball game with Blue Ivy. And yes. did you see Blue that? Looks just like Beyonce. Looks they just look like her. But yeah. like everyone was like, okay, world, watch out. Blue Ivy is a preteen. Because, like, they're talking about how Jay-Z is this 24-time Grammy winner, and he puts his arm around her and blue eyes. She's, she's just so like, embarrassed. She's so embarrassed. She's like, Dad, you're on my hair. Gosh. like <laughs> So relatable. So Yeah, funny. she's like, Dad, God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like, dude, your, your dad is Jay-Z. But yes, uh, Beyonce or Alicia Keys would, would be mine. But listeners, we want to hear about yours. We also want to hear, what do you think about this movie? Do you like musicals? Have you had every single ABBA song memorized? What do you think about the storyline with Donna, Sophie, the three dads? Let us know by sliding to our DMs at Cute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Ken10Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGB11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow Meet Cute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow Meet Cute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.